is the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Bing, bake from San Diego. Where sports betting meets marijuana. I'm Leaf. And I'm Low. And here's Chess. Thanks, guys. We are so excited to be back, and we are right on the cusp of a playoff season. No, it's not the NFL or NCAA playoff season. It's the USL championship playoff season. There's like three games left. We're going to go talk to Hector, get some plays, but more importantly, uh, get an idea what because we're going to be talking now every single week, and as you know, Hector, Playoffs are good, but the weeks before, there's some of those teams that are playing with everything they got, and there's some guys that are just showing up to get the check. Yeah, exactly, especially right here where they're finishing up the uh, regular season. There's still uh, three or four games left for each team, and the Eastern Conference and the USL is pretty much set, but the Western Conference is still up for grabs, a lot of the seedings and stuff, so... Yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see who gets in, who gets out. And then just about the time the USL was ending, we're going to be hardcore talking about the uh, World Cup. Yeah, World Cup coming up. I got my Senegal flag. There you go. I saw that in the background. Now, and I tell the story every year of the time I went to Tijuana to get my bets in, and it was eerily scary how quiet it was. There was no cars going through the roundabouts. There was no buddy on the streets i was this is weird what am i missing and then i walked into the sports book and it was wall to wall because mexico was playing germany i think it was germany actually in the uh yeah. in the world cup so there, i know that the uh this part san diego tijuana area is going to be just incredibly alive during november and december no doubt about that yeah exactly so we'll see how that goes but yeah USL championship dude i'm ready to go pick make 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 my picks and All right, so let's do this let's let's go with a, let's go with a game and then when we come back from break we'll talk about the rest of the schedule the standings where where we are in the east where we are in the west but let's get a, let's give everybody a winner first Okay, so on Saturday, we got a few games coming up they're all interesting but the San Diego Loyal the team that i follow they got a home game uh, playoff locked up. They got a home game locked up for the first round. And uh, they're trying to lock up the second seed. They all, all they need is one point out of their final three matches. And they're going to be playing this Saturday at home. So uh, the team they're, that they're going to be playing against is uh, as, a, as a one that's, that's very well known to them. There's a lot of rivalries here in the USL Championship, but... Uh, this one's the Orange County Soccer Club. So actually, they're going to be not in Torero Stadium. Actually, they're going to be paying up in the Irvine's Championship Stadium, which is pretty close to San Diego. But it's going to have a different vibe because Orange County, they're, even though they're the defending champs of the league, they're not going to make the playoffs. They're mathematically eliminated, but they still want to cause trouble for their rivals, their regional rivals like San Diego and L.A. And uh, it should be a good game. Last time these two teams played, it was a 3-2 to uh, game. Uh, San Diego Loyal pulled it out of the 85th minute on the goal by Evan Conway. And I think this time around, it'll be just as feisty because, like I said, I mean, there's no pressure on Orange County now. They're out of it. It's right now it's trying to be like the uh, the spoiler for everybody else. So I think it'll come down to like a, a last-minute goal. I think it'll be close, but I think Sandy Loyal is playing their best ball right now. Uh, and they're coming off back-to-back wins. So I think they're going to put this one out on the close one. It'll be low scoring, but I'll give it to Sandy Loyal one to nothing. Yeah, so let, let's look at a couple things. First of all, how often do you get a, a first to worse. You hear worse to first stories where a team is in last place and then they come back and they go into first place. But how many times do you have a defending champion be the very last team on the schedule? They're number 13 and they only got 32 points. 
Yeah, it's weird in any league, actually, especially in soccer, too, because most of the times you keep, keep the main guys, the cores coming back. But this, for some reason, there was a lot of turnover for this year's Orange County team, and it's not the same team, not the same coaching staff. So had a lot of impact. There's a lot of drama going on, too, if you follow uh, U.S. soccer in second division. Like, their, their, their home place is, like, being fought over with LA Galaxy. Who's going to have the rights to it? And LA Galaxy is trying to pull, pull their major league soccer muscle and try to, like, force the issue. But we'll see how it goes. There's a lot of drama there going on. And, uh, yeah, we'll see. Like I said, it's still a rivalry game. And they've still got, like, pride to play for, and that's big in soccer. So we'll see how that goes. But I think Lowe's going to pull it out. And technically, though the Loyal has clinched a playoff spot, they've only clinched a playoff spot. Their seed is not guaranteed. They're only six points ahead of Colorado and Colorado's got a couple games left so technically they could uh they could tie that and yeah. uh, if you look they got at a home what, game too they got a first round home game yeah too, so they one of the that. things I love about the USL championship website is they not only give you the results but they they give you the schedule and they show you who they're playing but it's kind of really easy to read and it says right there that after losing three straight uh, the loyal have won the last two and when you look at that same last five games for Orange County it's two draws, two L's, and a W. So they definitely have uh, not played well at recently at all. Yeah, exactly. So I think, yeah, we'll see how that goes. But I think Lowe's going to be playing their best ball. San Antonio is the best team in the league, and Western Conference. But I think Landon Donovan's got a point to prove this season, third year in the league for Loyal. And I think they're a good enough team to, to go far. All right, let's do this. When we come back from break, we're going to get a couple more plays. But more importantly, we're going to get a feel for what is the playoffs in the USL. You're listening to Soccer Time with Hector here on Wake and Bake. Goal! Yeah, I am hoping during the World Cup to be live and maybe down to like the little Italy, right at the English pub, the Princess Pub. Oh, is yeah, that the name places, of it? Yeah, Shakespeare's. Yeah, it gets crazy down there. Uh, obviously, a lot of England fans, a lot of like Great Britain, like soccer fans, you know, Scotland. And all. that's it, Hector. You're absolutely right. They're soccer fans. They appreciate everything yeah. that is soccer. And you can't. Oh, my. Come on. If we talk to 100 the sports betters on a weekend, how many uh, understand soccer? They're, this is America. They're following football, right? They're following basketball. They're following some hockey, but they're missing out on soccer. Okay, what we're going to do here is let's look at the breakdown. So the East is done, right? There are no teams in the East that are uh, not eliminated because the gap between Miami and Indy is 11 points with three games to go. So Yeah, no way that happens. Now, the Louisville's 63, Memphis 61, so that's not done. And then right. you got Tampa Bay and Birmingham at 55 and Pittsburgh at 53. The East, uh, it's so funny because those top seven teams, sure, they've differentiated themselves. But between those seven, it's still anybody's game. I mean, really, honestly, the top five teams could still all win it with the math. I got my dark horse on this one, too. Detroit City FC, everybody that followed NISA, which I follow NISA, obviously. Is uh, you know they came that they played there last year. They were the dominant team. They won three championships in a row in NISA third division. Now they're up in second division USL championship, and they're right in the thick of things at number six. They can cause a lot of trouble for the teams in the playoffs, and they're playing with house money. So I'm hoping Detroit makes a run. Went all the way and picked San Diego Loyal versus Detroit City in the final. So hopefully that pans out for me. Wow, that would be nice odds, no doubt about yeah. it. All right, let's let's look at a, a couple more games. What is the next game you're looking at? 
Next one is um, also on Saturday evening, uh, Phoenix Rising at home versus New York Red Bulls. Phoenix Rising is coming is coming off a 1-0 win at, at home. They're still mathematically alive, even though they're next to last. They're just above Orange County. But uh, they're not going to need a lot of things to happen. they got to win out their final three games, the few games they got left, and uh, hope that uh, the teams ahead of them just choke, basically. And pretty much they're going to need – I don't know what the odds are for them to get into the playoffs right now. I think I, last time I saw one of the websites was like 10% or something like that. So they're just going to, you know, go go crazy, go kind of like uh, do their best and let everything happen and whether it's chip, chip falls wherever they may. But I think at home being with the crowd and stuff, and I think the, the fans are – trying to push them to at least make it interesting in the final week of the season. I think they're going to come out and, and give them a good showing. I think New York Red Bulls is the worst team in the Eastern Conference. They've been out of it for a while. And uh, I think they're going to pull it off at home. I think it's going to be in dominant fashion. I think they're going to close the season strong, but I don't think they'll make the playoffs. But I think they'll win this one, and it'll be 2 to nothing. Uh, Phoenix Rising at home. Wow, you can't have a worse record than the Red Bulls do. Yeah, and that's what sucks for uh, San Diego Loyal because uh, they tied with them. So that was, those are two points they could have had right now. They could have given them a better chance to uh, catch up with San Antonio. But it is what it is, man. It's one of those things. Going, They played them in New York, so it's kind of like traveling across country. But here, Phoenix, home, home crowd, the Banditos, that's the supporters group. They're always going to be chanting and pushing them forward. So I think they'll pull it off and they'll win it home. The New York Red Bulls is two. So that means there's another team in another league, right? Yeah, Major League Soccer. They, they, yeah, they must be getting all the Red Bull. That's what yeah. it is. <laughs> yeah. They Do they have a sense. better record? I haven't checked out MLS in a while, but I'm sure they're not worse than... Uh, <laughs> yeah, it would be hard to be worse. I mean, I'm looking at this record and you say to yourself, they've played 31 games and they've only won twice. They And they've only had six draws. It's not like some teams you see, Hector, and they're playing real well, you know? They've got 17 wins but 15 draws. Uh-uh. This team is 3-22-6. That's... Really, that's... Why do you get out of bed in the morning? Yeah, it's about uh, playing for pride kind of thing. All right, so who's the last game? Final game will be on Sunday, early evening. It'll be LA Galaxy 2. They're still math- math- mathematically alive for the playoffs, even though it's not looking good for them either. And Sacramento Republic, actually, Sacramento's the team that lost to Phoenix Rising in the last game. And they're the ones that went all the way to the final in the U.S. Open Cup and played against Orlando City. Everybody was rooting for Sacramento to pull off the upset. It didn't happen, but there was a good Cinderella story for everybody that follows uh, lower division soccer. And uh, they're going to be playing at LA Galaxy. It'll be an interesting match because, like I said, uh, Sacramento's looking good for the playoffs. They're actually still looking good even for a home seed, uh, for a home playoff game in the first round. And uh, I think they're going to pull it off this time. I think they're going to be sore and and angry from losing the Phoenix Rising in the last one. And I think LA Galaxy 2 is too unstable, too unpredictable, too inconsistent for me to to pick them to win, even though they're still mathematically alive. Uh, I think Sacramento's going to pull this one off. They're going to rebound from their last game, and I think they're going to win it 2-1. to yeah, they are right there on the edge, Sacramento. Uh, you know, if it ended today, they'd be in. But, you know, they, they need a couple more of these teams underneath them to lose. Uh, in terms of the, the Galaxy, uh, they've lost three straight, too. So uh, teams to start losing, and, and then you start seeing it's just a matter of time before you get that E in front of your name. Well, yeah. if you and I know there's an E in front of their name, the players on the team know there's an E in front of their name. And you have to think those games going forward, those last two, three games, going to be hard to play. Yeah, and like I said, Sacramento still got going off with that, that Cinderella run on the U.S. Open Cup. And and they're coming off a stinger. They could have tied it at the end against Phoenix Rising. They didn't. They would have scratched out a point from that. But 
they're a good enough team that I can go on the road and beat LA Galaxy 2, especially the way LA Galaxy 2 has been playing. So I'm liking them to, you know, consolidate themselves for the playoffs, and they're going to pull off the win on the road. Yeah, so the so middle of October, Saturday 15th, the last home game, the last regular season games. And it looks like everybody plays on Saturday. No, there's no Sunday games. So that's it. That'll be when we're talking playoffs. The, the third week in October, we will be talking USL Championship playoffs. How many teams are going to be in it? I got seven on each side, each conference, and the top seed gets the bye week. So San Antonio and uh, I, I believe it's Louisville from Eastern Conference. They're going to be like having a week off, which is really big in soccer. So, yeah, those are going to be. The well, again, we talked about Louisville and Memphis. It's anybody's game. But one of those teams is going to really earn that day, that week off. No doubt about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right, we'll catch you next time, buddy. All right, take it easy. I want some more. I know a guy. I want some more. I know a guy. I want some more. I know a guy. Welcome to more Winners with Mo from the Mo Radio Show. Mo, I didn't get a chance to talk to you Saturday morning, but I was listening to you on Billy's show. What's the radio station again? 93? One? 93.1 The Fan. 93.1 The Fan. So I was listening to, to some of your stuff, but I don't really remember much because it was like 5.45 in the morning here. So <laughs> <laughs> it was still, it was as dark out as could be. But um, if I remember, you did well there. So let's kind of keep that mo going. And uh, let's talk a little bit about, A, what happened last week and because we were off. And what we're going to do then is just pick your brain. As you know, all we're looking to do, Mo, is cash tickets. There's no pressure involved. So what did you see last week that's going to help you win money this week? Uh, you saw a couple of teams uh, blow it late. Uh, you saw the Jacksonville Jaguars continue to dominate. And you saw a terrible Indianapolis Colts team knock off the Kansas City Chiefs who shot themselves in the foot repeatedly uh, last Sunday. Yeah, I did see the the repetitiveness of the shooting in the foot, but you know, if you're a Colts, it's a W, right? It is, but it was a uh, it's false hope because that team still is a terrible team, and all that did was mask it for another week. So let me ask you, how bad of a coach was Urban Meyer? Uh, in in pro football, terrible. Because right, it's the same team. At the same team, Doug Peterson's a Super Bowl winning coach, uh, a guy who I think was able to adapt his offense for what he had there. Uh, and that's what you're seeing there. You're seeing these guys score lots of points. You're seeing a better defense. You're seeing a team that is in first place uh, in that division. Now, one of the things that's special about talking with Mo from the Mo Radio Show here on More Winners with Mo on Wake and Bake is the ability to talk both days of the weekend. There are some guys. They only want to talk Saturday. And there are some guys, they only want to talk Sunday. But with you, I can talk either or. So, you know, we're on Saturday mornings here. There's a, a couple big college games. Or Is there anything in the college? What I'm looking for, here's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for two teams. A team that you could bet against every week and you know you're going to cash. And a team that's going to cover every week. And they're not that hard to find. They're much harder to find on Sunday, right, than they are on Saturday. I'll tell you the team I like uh, lately are the Iowa Hawkeyes. Uh, they're a team that uh, continues to win. And not only do they continue to win, they continue to cover. Uh, the Iowa Hawkeyes don't play the toughest side of the division in the Big Ten, uh, but they continue to win and, and continue to uh, to cover, and that's what I'm looking for each and every week. So uh, it's a game that a lot of people don't look at, but uh, look at the Iowa Hawkeyes. 
Well, what you're getting with them, too, is a team that's going to be in the game either way. Mm-hmm. You know, even when they didn't cover in the past, they were they were staying in ball games. They don't give up a leg. Like you said, they're not flashy. Well, golly gee, they've only given the NFL what, 18 or 20 tight ends over the last decade or two. Right. I mean, every one year they gave them two, didn't they? Yeah, oh yeah. I mean, they're they're uh, you know a tight end factory there, and you know they've got uh, some good linebackers uh, on the team and, and good ones they put in the NFL. You're not playing against a, a 15, 20, 28 point spread when you're taking some of these big time programs uh, who are playing these smaller schools early on. So. I, that's why I like Iowa. You know, you get more of a reasonable spread to play, and these guys come out uh, and then they play hard every week, and uh, you know they play to the last whistle and and they cover, and that's what I'm looking for. Yeah, there's so many when when you're getting those those check games where the little schools go to the big schools. You know, this year. Some of them said, not only will we take the check, we're going to take the W, too. And they walked away with the W. But normally it is. And it's, it's, it's you know, uh, they went 49 to 16, given 42. Uh, you know, how do you going to cover a 42? There's just not a lot of days most teams are covering a 42-point spread, you know? No, too many points. And that's ones I always stay away from. When there's too many points, it's time to say, no, thank you. No doubt. Uh, so when we get back from break, what we're going to do is we're going to we're going to look to find three games where we can maybe get a three team, or if not, worst case scenario, we make a couple bucks because two and one sure beats one and two. You're listening to more winners with Mo from the Mo Radio Show on Wake and Bake. Welcome back to more winners with Mo from the Mo Radio Show here on Wake and Bake. You know, Mo, there's a pretty big game, uh, top ten matchup. Georgia is back to number one. Now, uh, that's not a surprise, but Clemson is, is to me, the ugliest 4-0 team. We're talking ACC, I understand, keep it separate. But they're playing North Carolina State's pretty good. They're both 4-0. There's not too many times the ACC is going to say this is, could, could be the game of the day. I, I don't know. This one's going to be close to that. What do you think? Here's what's hard for me. Right, it's hard for me to pick against Clemson. You're right. They're a terrible, ugly 4-0. However, you're talking about a program where it's littered on the bench watching the game with five-star athletes. And that's why it's always hard for me to pick against these programs like Clemson, like Georgia, like Alabama. When you've got more five-star athletes on the bench than most teams have starting for them, it's hard for me to pick against them. And, you know, this is a team that's been there, done that. They've got a lot of experience when it comes to playing in big games. I like a team like Clemson, I think, more because NC State, not a team that's really versed in playing in, in that big-type game, in the primetime game, in that window. And so I, I like Clemson. I, I'm going to take Clemson to win and take Clemson to cover. Uh, it's going to be a smaller point spread, so your chance to uh, to bang one home early on Saturday. Well, yeah, right. What are they normally given in an ACC game? Three touchdowns, minimum. Yeah, I think you're going to find yourself a smaller point spread here because of the rankings. So it's going to be a chance to try to cash on a Clemson team where you're normally talking about a much bigger point spread. Without a doubt. It's under a touchdown. It's moving in North Carolina State's favor. And the bottom line is, is if anyone going to be shocked if North Carolina is not in the top 25 NC State, never mind the top 10 at the end of the year, no one would be shocked. There's no. a lot of there's 25 good teams out there. But Clemson. Yeah, when they're not in the top 25, it's news. Uh, So the next day, you mentioned your Colts earlier. Uh, You follow them, you cover them. Uh, That's a big game, right? They're playing Tennessee. That's That's a division game, right? 
Yeah, they are. They're playing Tennessee uh, at home. Uh, last year, uh, I was at this game when they played them at home, and uh, the Colts wound up losing in overtime to Tennessee. Uh, both teams are, are struggling. You know, uh, Tennessee is still waiting for Derrick Henry to get back to form. Uh, that hasn't necessarily happened yet. The loss of A.J. Brown uh, when he was traded to the Philadelphia Eagles on draft night. Uh, they haven't been able to throw the ball down the field very much. They've got injuries to the offensive line. Tennessee does, and to their defensive backfield. Uh, the Colts are just a mess in every aspect of the game. Uh, right now they're a mess at quarterback, at the offensive line, at the defensive line, the secondary, uh, receiver. It, it's, uh, it's a nightmare. Uh, it's gotten so bad that I flipped on red zone as opposed to watching these the Colts play lately. Uh, but, uh, you know, they're going to go in there and, and play mediocre football, and one of them is going to try to win. Uh, you know, usually you get a point or two for being at home, uh, I'm going to say the Colts tried to build off last week, but I mean, to be quite honest, this game uh, is one that I'm probably uh, going to bet the Colts on, but don't be shocked if I run away from it uh, at some point. Uh, two terrible teams trying to battle it out uh, for uh, the worst suck uh, in the AFC South. We have had some worse suck games already. It's only week oh, four. Man. I mean, we've had some really bad ones. You mentioned uh, the Colts and their victory over Kansas City, and you, it was very non-traditional Kansas City shooting themselves in the foot, but now they got to go into Tampa Bay. I'm not sure if they're even going to play in Tampa Bay. I haven't heard uh, any update from the, the hurricane world. Uh, have you found anything out about that? They are, they are going to play in Tampa uh, as of uh, – as of this morning, uh, the game is scheduled to be held in Tampa. The backup location was going to be uh, in Minneapolis. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, they're going to play in Tampa Bay. Uh, Brady and, uh, and Tampa Bay trying to come off of a uh, of a loss last week to Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers. Uh, an article came out uh, late Thursday about uh, more about Tom Brady's personal life and uh, his issues with his wife, Giselle Bunchen, as they've kind of growing apart and they're struggling to keep the relationship together. So I, I assume that's weighing on Tom uh, as well. And then you talk about a Kansas City t- Chiefs team that, uh, you know, like we talked about, shot themselves in the foot numerous times last week, pick up a second loss and, and obviously needed to do the Bucks. I think the Bucks can sustain a loss in their division better than Kansas City can. Uh, that uh, division they play in, in the AFC West is so tough. Uh, I, I would see Kansas City come back uh, and win this football game. I think they're going to uh, to win this game. I think they're going to cover. And uh, I'm going to bet Mahomes to throw three-plus touchdowns uh, on DraftKings come Sunday morning. Yeah, if you think about it, right, what has Mahomes done after losses? They bounce back pretty much every single time. They haven't uh, in, in in the years he's been in the league, they haven't had a lot of Ls. When he's been quarterback, they've ended up in the AFC Championship game. You just don't get there with a lot of Ls, right? No, and I would assume you're going to see a much more disciplined Kansas City defense after the issues last week. Chris Jones taking that unsportsmanlike uh, penalty against with the uh, Colts, uh, Matt Ryan, pretty much uh, sealed their defeat uh, last Sunday. So I would think you would see a much more disciplined Kansas City Chiefs team come this Sunday. You know, Tom's pretty good after a loss as well. It'll be interesting. He'll have Mike Evans back. Uh, it'll be tough to say if he has Julio Jones and Chris Godwin back. But last week he was playing with his top three receivers all gone. Mike Evans back will definitely help a lot. I, I think it's going to be a close game, but I think it's when the Kansas City pulls out. I would think that that's where I'm leaning to, but these are uh, quarterbacks, and, and in the past this was 
the AFC championship quarterback matchup, wasn't it? Tom went in uh, a couple of times at Kansas City and, and went on the Super Bowl from there. So uh, it'll be interesting to see these two guys play each other. When you, You're lucky when you get two great quarterbacks. You know, like you said earlier, we had two stinkers uh, Sunday night and Monday night where we had a combined, I think, uh, if I remember correctly, over 20 punts in those two games. So let's hope we get uh, a fantastic offensive explosion with this game uh, this week. No doubt about it. All right, Mo, as always, appreciate your time. Mo from the Mo Radio Show. We'll catch you next time. All right, bud. CFL, let them know. Welcomes to Saturdays in Canada here with Blackhawk West on Wake and Bake. Now, Wes, we haven't chatted for a while, but... It kind of worked out because the CFL schedule was a little skewed for a few weeks there. It was skewed for, for a couple of weeks, and, and they, they know when the NFL starts and they know when college starts, and it does get a little bit goofy. You know, here we're, we have Thanksgiving in Canada around the corner, which is going to get really cool, too. That did not stop us, the skewed schedule, from cashing tickets. No, it, it sure didn't. Uh, in fact, I, I think at this point we have more clarity in the Canadian football season than, than we have. Uh, most of the season at this point we have this week and then four more and we roll into the playoffs we got three teams clinched I mean the west is the west is there and then uh, looking at the east we have a couple teams out of it already we're just looking to clinch the crossover that pretty much secured itself last night here's where we're at could not agree more with you because it's really crazy still early in the NFL season and and we have no idea what's going to happen there. College football is only now getting into where you're not seeing 49 point spreads. So the CFL data was really accurate last week and actually those were the two two of the easiest winners we've had in a long time. And neither of those games was even a question at the end. No, they, they weren't. And th- this week, we have bigger spreads in different scenarios. The challenge I find here, when we're looking at the West, Winnipeg, BC, Calgary, they've all clinched. So at this point, all they'd be doing is jockeying for, for position. You know, BC, Calgary... Are they concerned with a, with a home field advantage? I don't know if I was BC, I would be. I would certainly want to be in BC in a dome versus going out to Calgary in the kind of weather that's going to be in, in early November. Uh, so that one will matter. Nobody's overthrown Winnipeg. It's only a matter of a couple games before Winnipeg is locked into the one and, and they don't travel. And uh, that's a huge advantage for them. Ottawa's out. Edmonton's out. Hamilton is all but out. That's I mean, they may hang on for a couple weeks. They're all but out. And, uh, you know, really, we're just looking for Sask to, to put together a win or two. And, and, you know, they'll call it good. And then they're going to they're going to come over and we're waiting on Montreal as well. But I mean, I, I don't know that this playoff is going to change very much. No. And again, it's it's been pretty consistent from the beginning of the season. The West was going to have the top four because they've got the fifth team anyway. And then, of course, uh, there was a period. Well, in week 10, I think that. Not one team in the East was over 500. Well, and we're we're not we're not far off from that. Still, uh, Toronto is eight and five with 16 points. They've locked in. It's only a matter of time before they lock themselves into that number one spot. But you got Montreal in second, and they're six and seven. You got Hamilton yeah, so, in in third, 
and they're four and 10. Now Hamilton is going to lose their playoff spot to the crossover. The interesting part in that crossover is Sask is gonna cross over and secure a three seed and they're at six and eight. So the impressive thing with BC hanging on the way that they have is they lost their quarterback. He was, he came out on fire. He was going to be the most outstanding player in, in the CFL. And, and he was out for eight to 10 weeks, and that was you know mid-August. There's a chance we're going to see Nathan Rourke back in the next couple weeks, but they have held on to second place in a tough West. So now you get Nathan Rourke back here in a couple weeks. If they can get him back, say, two weeks before the season ends, that's dangerous for everybody. I think he had a QPR of like 140 when he went out. Five, six touchdowns, 500 yards. I watch a lot of Mac football, and I know you do too. When we get into November, we get the Tuesday night Maction. And so Nathan Rourke was a familiar name. I don't remember that dude playing in the Mac. Not at all. Not throwing like that. And, and that's the thing. He wasn't just getting big plays and putting up yards and scoring touchdowns. He was hitting dimes. He was throwing dimes. Remember, we got a wide field that we're going 50 yards. And he elevated the team. That's one of the most amazing things, I think, in all of sports is that you, you got a crappy defense. And and I this goes NFL and, and college, too. You got a crappy defense in some scenarios. But in comes a quarterback that just kind of takes over the team. Suddenly the defense starts to play well. Somebody suddenly everybody feels like winners, and that's exactly what happened in BC. So uh, that's going to be a really interesting storyline when we get into the playoffs and then close out the last couple of weeks. So yeah, well Toronto they've won four in a row, so they were four and five before they took that little journey to first place. Four and five is not a season you're looking forward to. The other aspect that you mentioned, which was really important because we talk about it uh, all the time on the NFL, when you can't get off the field and you're then your offense comes on as a defense, and then your offense comes on and does a three and out, and you got to get back up, find your helmet, get back on the field. You really need enough time to do much of a meeting with, with why you're on the field so much. It's hard to play football when you're on the field that long. Well, CFL, you just said three and out. It was In Canada, we're two and out. Right. So you're not killing that much clock. You're not buying your defense too much or your offense. You know, it, There's not too much catch-your-breath time. No doubt. So when we get back from break, we are going to give out a couple winners on Saturdays in Canada with Blackhawk West here on Wake and Bake. Welcome back to Saturdays in Canada with Black Hawk West. Now, now Wes, we missed your birthday yesterday, so happy belated birthday, and, and hopefully it uh, it was a good one because, uh, you know, you only get one of those a year. you got to make the most out of them when you can. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. And we got two games Saturday. So we've got the uh, Montreal and Edmonton Saturday at uh, 10 o'clock East Coast time, right? And then 1 o'clock. We have Toronto at Calgary. Now, we mentioned most of those names in the first segment. Let's look at the games. Montreal versus Edmonton. We don't need to go very far into that one. Montreal's the better team. Edmonton is statistically out of the playoffs. Montreal is only laying three and a half points. They still need to get a dub or two in order to lock up their playoff position, which it's only a formality at this point whether or not they're going to they're gonna be in the playoffs in, in the number two seed. So, Laying three and a half points against what has remained, offense and defense, the worst team in the CFL. I think Montreal laying three and a half, and that's a fairly easy gift. The only, you know, it, it was odd. You know, we started the year with a little little bit of quarterback changing. Uh, and then, we, you know, we had an injury and then a trade. 
Uh, but, you know, I love Montreal in this spot. Three and a half, that's not a lot of points to, to lay in the CFL. And, and Edmonton's margin of defeat is almost double that. Do you realize that this entire season that we have been talking, Edmonton has not covered one game at home. The last game that they covered, November of last year, that's a long time. I don't know if we can call that an impressive stat, but it certainly helps us to have that. Last week when we were catching tickets, we weren't necessarily looking for teams that were winning. We were betting against teams, and and we've had success for, uh, I don't know, as long as we've known each other, finding losers and betting against them. And Edmonton has done that for us. Ottawa has fallen into that statistic basement. That's the hard one for me because they got a good roster. In preseason, I thought they would do better than they have. But we find a, a good loser is better than a good winner in some cases. No doubt about it, because they really do. They they consistently do things to shoot themselves in the foot. And while their fans are moaning, we're kind of just sitting back chuckling. Yeah. All right, the later game, Toronto at Calgary. Calgary's locked in. Toronto's locked in. And, and you know, I look at this, and, and the end of the season, Toronto pours it on. It, it, they do. Calgary has... You know, I think they work through some of the quarterback stuff. You know, you know Bo Levi and then going in, going to Mayer. Um, Kadeem Carey is is beat up in this game. Carey is a top three running back as far as I'm concerned in this league. Some would argue he is the best. Certain days I would argue that he's the best. He was banged up. He was not in every practice. And so that matters when you're going up against a team like Toronto. McLeod Bethel-Thompson is just very silently winning games. And, and that's what Toronto kind of does later, later on in the season. And also, you know, about six weeks ago, Calgary's defense started to soften up. Calgary's defense was number two and very close to, to top with Winnipeg as far as points allowed, yards allowed. You know, now they blended kind of into the middle of the pack. And so I don't know that with a defense like that, in a scenario where their playoff position can't really change, uh, even if it is at home, I, I don't know that I'm laying five and a half points on Calgary uh, against anybody other than Edmonton, maybe Ottawa. So I, I like the Argos taking the, the five and a half points. I would probably take it even if it was down to four. I think the Argos have a chance at, at just winning this game outright. Let's let's lock up this first place and, and, and get rested for the for the cup. Yeah, if if I didn't know you weren't here looking at the easy sports data with me, I would think that you had broken into our offices and looked in that secure data vault because they have done the same exact thing as the previous game we talked about. Calgary, in their last six games, has lost against the spread at home. They they won against the spread at home last year, November 20th. That was the last time. But you mentioned the defense. In those six games, six straight losses at home, They've given up 27 or more in four of them. And yes, in a football game, if you get 27 points, you should do okay. 27, a lot of people, because college, and you can you can see some of these shootouts and some of these big teams beating little teams, you can see a, a, you know 50 and 60 points hung. But 27 points, if you're scoring that in, in the NFL or the CFL for that matter, you're doing pretty well. Uh, looking at the CFL, you know, there's... Calgary has hung a lot of points, and so is is BC. But you only have three teams averaging above 27 points, and and those are exceptional teams uh, with defenses that are actually like defense. Defense actually has to put points on the board, uh, in my belief, for you to average higher than say 24, 26. But like if you look at Toronto and the points that they're putting up, there's no wonder why they're winning games. No doubt about it. All right, buddy. Again, happy birthday. We'll talk to you next time. Thank you, sir. Sports Betting Weekly. All I do is win, 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 no matter what. I got money on my mind. 
Welcome to another edition of Sports Betting Weekly here on Wake and Bake. And it's always exciting when we talk to Charles from San Diego because we then get to look at the world clock and get an idea of where it is 420 as we speak. But before we do that, Charles, have you been able to read the ticker at the bottom? I have, and I like... uh... I like what I was doing in 2018 and 19. I'm planning to to beat that percentage this year. Yeah, for some reason, we were just going through the records, and I saw that you were going to be on the show this week, and I said, you know what? I remember he had a run, and so let me look up what it was, and sure enough, uh, 71.43% would win you most of those contests in, uh, in Las Vegas. Absolutely. All right, so Greenland. If you are a cannabis fan, right now you need to be in Greenland. It's 420. Now, I don't know Greenland this time of year if it's nice yet or it's freaking cold because Greenland, for heaven's sakes. So let's do this. Let's do a quick. This has nothing to do with cannabis or or any, but yeah, it's 36 degrees in Greenland right now. And uh, it's still summer there, so enjoy that. Uh, you probably what you should do: go outside, smoke, and then come back inside really quickly and get by the fire. That's my recommendation. Seventy-one point four three percent is a pretty darn good uh, record. So let's do this. Let's uh, talk about what you you've seen so far in both college and NFL football. And we'll, we'll have you give us a winner, and then we'll come back from break, and then we'll have you give us more winners, if that's okay with you. Sounds great. Yeah, you know, college has been interesting. We have the three or four teams that are the, the standalone favorites, Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, and uh, really those three are in their own division in itself. But I'm noticing if you have a team that is going to play, take the points. I mean, we watched this BYU game. They're giving 20, I think it was 24 points, 28 points, somewhere in that range. You know, if you if you bet Utah State, you were covering the entire game, the entire game. So um, after looking at the games and especially college, I think uh, I'm going to be on some dogs this weekend for sure. There's no doubt. And we talked about it on one of the, the other segments. You know, the, you're seeing 49, uh, 42 point spreads in some of these games. And the final score is 49 to 16. If your team wins 49 to 16, you should cash a ticket. But you're not. Exactly. What about the NFL? Well, it's interesting because I'm actually in New Orleans as we speak for one of my best friend's 30th birthday. The culture, unreal. The food, amazing. But I'm going to be all over the Vikings this weekend. Jameis Winston isn't playing. And the Vikings are coming off a nice comeback win against the Lions. That offense is elite. And if you can, buy the half point. Take the uh, take the Vikings minus three. That's my big bet on Sunday. Or minus two point five, excuse me. So it's it's it sits at three as we speak. Yes, it's at three. It was at two and a half. It moved to three, and I expect it to continue to move because Jameis Winston is out now. So I, I would get. Did, you know, give our I did see somewhere on one of my social media pages a New Orleans Saints fan saying something to the effect that yeah. I'm going to wake up at 7 o'clock in the morning so I could watch my team score a field goal. So, obviously, Saints fans are, are feeling the same thing. The Saints uh, have lost two games in a row. Um, the Vikings are, you know, they're coming off a big comeback win against Detroit. And, uh, yeah, I think the Vikings will roll. Well, let's let's talk about the NFL season. I wasn't really looking for you to give me a pick right away. I was talking more about, all right, we're, we're in week four. So, you've seen three weeks. 
not a lot of data. You've seen a, a home game or, or an away game or two of each. That's the most. Everybody's got at least two road games or two home games and one of the other uh, under their belt after week three. What are you seeing? What are you thinking? Looking forward. Remember, your goal is always grabbing a team that's going to cover for you 10 or 11 weeks and finding another team that's going to lose 10 or 11 weeks, and you'll be a good, you'll be in good shape. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think one thing that's very interesting, um, and it seems it seems like it more this season than you know I can remember in the last ten years. But it's any team on any given Sunday can win, and it's interesting. And based off the records, you know we haven't had this many teams already with a loss this early in the season in a long time. I think we only have two undefeated teams as we speak. So it's interesting, and I think that with a lot of these teams having new players. They're finding their rhythm. They're finding their team. Um, you're going to be in a better position taking the team getting points because teams are still coming into their own. I mean, look at the what the Bengals did. Yeah, Tua got hurt, but the Bengals look great. They didn't look so good the first couple weeks. You know, everyone thought the Bills were going to go 15-1 and one undefeated. Who knows? But the Bills, they lost to... Uh, to Miami. So this season is uh, is very interesting because I think there's really no specific team that looks like the the favorite with the Bills losing Micah Hyde and uh, and you know losing to the Dolphins. So it's anyone's season. This season is completely up up for grabs. Yeah, that's a big loss on defense for for that team. There's no doubt about it. He's a he's a stud. He, he controls outside of the ball for him, and 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 I think you noticed uh, his absence a little bit this week. Whether or not they could overcome that is is a whole other story. But I really think that as of Saturday morning, wake and bake time, Philadelphia's the only undefeated team left in the league. Yeah, they are. Yeah. All right. They so when are. we come back from break, we're going to talk more with Charles from New Orleans today. Charles from New Orleans here on Sports Betting Weekly on Wake and Bake. Sports Betting Weekly. Welcome back to Sports Betting Weekly here on Wake and Bake. Now, it is 420 in Greenland, but Charles from San Diego is not in Greenland. He is actually in New Orleans, and, and everyone knows if you're in New Orleans, things are pretty good. What was the best thing you've eaten so far? Oh, by far, jambalaya. I had jambalaya today for brunch, and I will be going back and having more jambalaya before I leave. Yeah, you, you, you know, anything that's got good food and sausage in there is going to be okay by me as yeah. well. All right, let's so so uh, again as if you've read in the bottom of the screen, that little scroll and little uh, footer that goes by the banner is telling you, yeah, in the year uh, in this you know, this is our ninth season. So we've been doing this a long time, but one of those seasons this was the guy that was the champion 71.43% and again what we said is in most of those contests in Vegas where they give you those big paper checks that are fake, but you get to take your picture with them, uh, that's going to win it to you. So let's get some winners out of you. You're going to talk some NFL? I'm going to talk a little college and a little NFL. And, uh, you know, like I was mentioning earlier, three of my four picks are dogs. So I want to start on Saturday, though. We have a couple, we have a few great games this Saturday. Kentucky is going to Ole Miss, and I think it will be – a hell of a game, but Kentucky has already proven they can go into a stadium with a loud crowd and get the W when they beat Florida two weeks ago. I think that it'll be a tough game. I wouldn't be surprised if Kentucky loses, but I think that if they do, it'll be by less than six. So I'm going to take the six and a half. 
And I do think Kentucky can win the game, so I will be throwing a little bit on the money line. Yeah, Ole Miss uh, didn't really dominate this past week. They were playing somebody they should have whacked pretty good, and they didn't, whether they were looking ahead or who knows. You never know, but that's one of the reasons you had mentioned when you get those 20-point underdogs, sometimes taking them is an easy one. Yeah, yeah, and the the book I use, I can buy a point. So I have Kentucky plus 7.5, and and, uh, I think that, you know, having that opportunity to buy the extra point and if they do somehow lose by a touchdown, you still cover is, you know, a big, a big jump in winning, winning bets. No doubt about it. All right. Next one. So the Aggies are coming off a tough game against Arkansas. Texas A&M is going to Mississippi state. Now I know Mississippi state has a great offense, but I think this is going to be a low scoring game. It's going to be close. And I'm going to be on the Aggies plus three and a half. Louisiana has legalized sports betting, right? It's one of the states that does have it. I have a few four-teamers live as we speak here in New Orleans. So you, you, you're you using, you, you went and got tickets printed or you opened an account? How did you handle it? Yeah, they have a, a Caesar sports book in Harris Casino here, right in the French corner. So there they just opened the sports book within the last year. And uh, for the games that I don't need to buy a point on, I'll be placing my bets there so I can pick up cash when I win, if I win. Bouncing into the uh, casino, going to the sports book in the morning, getting your paper, going out and doing have your jambalaya brunch. And, and uh, when you're done, you go back and get your money. Turn that paper into money. Yeah. yeah the only thing uh, that they're missing in Louisiana is legalized cannabis. Yeah. Well, you know what? Just be careful because uh, – uh, f- remember, I think 420 was the code that the police used on the police scanners. That's where it came from, if I'm correct. And I'll have to check that because I shouldn't be talking wake and bake if I don't know the origin of 420. But I'm pretty sure that's where it came from. The last thing you want to do is spend your buddy's birthday in a uh, prison cell in New Orleans for having a half an ounce of some uh, some sensimilia or whatever it is. Yeah, I would much rather be spending my time uh, in the sports book or, you know, having jambalaya at brunch. There you go. All right, we'll talk to you again next time, Charles, from San Diego, now in New Orleans. Have a great, great weekend. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks again for joining us here on Wake and Bake. You know, it's early in the morning, but hey, that's why it's called Wake and Bake. We'll talk to you again next time. It's the Worldwide Sports Radio Network.